All right. For the first time of the offseason, we're actually going to give you a weekend recap like we did during the regular season. We're going to break down all the latest rumors and signings throughout the past 48 hours. So let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan Campione joined alongside Nico Fernandez and Henry Kalani. And well, we've actually had a lot of baseball stuff happen in the last 48 hours. Jung-ho Lee signed. We've got a couple of trades, including Tyler Glasnow. Yoshinobu Yamamoto has been in New York City with Henry and I going meeting with the Yankees and with the Mets. So, boys, how are we doing? The offseason is finally moving. I actually, I feel great because the report came out with the Red Sox offering Yamamoto. And if that's true, then I'm just so happy that we actually made an offer like the Red Sox, even if we don't get them. So I'm doing all right, bro. And I think the state of how the three of us exactly a week ago today, we were discussing Yoshinobu Yamamoto and each of the three of us said, yeah, no chance our team actually signs him. Maybe this is just me. But for the first time, I'm actually somewhat confident that my I've individual team, it's weird. All of a sudden, we're having that flip where maybe it's that I'm, he's meeting with teams or we've heard that our team has made an offer. But as a Mets yeah, fan, I'm, I'm a little confident. Henry, as a Yankee fan, is feeling a little confident. And as you just heard yeah. from Nico, the Red Sox have made an offer. I'm not like confident, I think is like not the word. Me, I'm just happy because <laughs> I think the whole thought process of I think every Red Sox fan was yes we have a GM but it doesn't really matter if we have a new GM if there's no willingness to spend money so the fact that even if we don't get Yamamoto the fact that we gave a 300 million dollar offer and took a chance is what I'm happy with Henry describe the confidence level because I think you're a little bit farther than that no, definitely. Like, I maybe it's just because that's sort of all that my Instagram page has been. Um, I would I would put my confidence rating at it was at thirty percent. I would say it's now a solid sixty five percent. I'm not I'm not an idiot. He is going to Steve Cohen's house, and for some reason, um, going to Steve Cohen's house for like a meal and a dinner reminds me of going to um, Gus Fring's house from Breaking Bad. And that's sort of the vibe that I get from Steve Cohen. Um, so I'm scared that Yamamoto got a gun pointed at his head. It's like, if you don't sign for $500 million at the New York Mets, I will kill you. Um, but no, I think that the Yankees have a good chance. Um, be for, I'm scared that it's going to be for $400 million. It's, it's beginning to feel like that. That's it's, the, beginning, that's the it's beginning to feel like that. And I mean, I don't, once again, not my money. So why do I care? But that's just it. That's just an unspeakable amount of money for a pitcher who's never thrown an MLB pitch. So I'm excited to see how it shakes out. It also sets up the, because I know everyone currently is infatuated with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And who knows? He could, and we'll get to this in a couple of weeks. When he enters the MLB, is he a top 10 pitcher in the league? Maybe. Is he Kodai Senga, which. We'll argue if he's a top great. 10 pitcher. But if he's if he comes in year one and he's Kodai Senga, you'd normally consider that a success. Senga got but snubbed if he's, in the MLB. But if he is yeah. the highest paid pitcher in Major League history, 
and if it's 400 by a lot, I love Kodai Senga, but he's not worth that much money. So the problem is going to be when he signed, we're setting him up for these extremely high expectations. And at the same point, what happens a year from now when Roki Sasaki is a free agent? Because yeah, I think everyone's arguing teams that he's get a little freaky bigger. with it. Because yeah. the thing is, 400's in play for the simple reason of we just saw Shohei Otani, where the whole thought process was 500, is it going to get to 600? And then we just got a 700. Like, as coming off the heels of that, there's an, a real world where we see we're thinking 300, and we go and we see Yamamoto sign for 38, for the three, like 380 mil. Like, well, I think the one thing with that, though, is that Otani apparently capped it at 700 in that Otani went to, I think the rumor from Mark Feinstein was five teams and offered all five of them the 700 million for 10 years, 2 million per 680 deferred and said, would you accept this offer? And the rumor is that the Jays, the Dodgers, the Giants and one other mystery team, which I guess we'll never know who that was, all said yes. And then. The Angels and the Red Sox and the Mets are the three teams that have been confirmed to say no to the deal, according to Fine Sam. And so Tani then had his consideration, said, okay, the deal I'm going to sign is going to be 10 years, 700. And these are the four teams that offered it to me. This is what I'm going to take. Obviously, he could have then went to the Dodgers and said, hey, the Giants just hit 700. Then the Dodgers hit 715. And then the Blue Jays would have heard of the Dodgers went 715. We'll go to 800. And you could have seen that in theory – Maybe that would have reached a billion dollars, which would have been crazy, but maybe it happened. The but he would still be, be regarded as such a team player. Let's just let's make that clear. <laughs> He's still the ultimate team guy for getting, getting $700 million. Million. Yeah. But the question will be with Yoshinobu Yamamoto, is there going to come a point where maybe if he's going to be like, all right, 350 and I'm going to just ask which teams accept it? Or is this going to be a stupid, and it will get stupid given that the Mets – Dodgers and the Yankees are in for sure. And then you got the Red Sox and the Giants and the Phillies who are around. But I think and who like Nico, you'll you'll admit this, Nico. If this is a true auction, it's yeah, gonna be the Dodgers, Mets, and Yankees. Yeah, and I don't want it, I don't want the Red Sox to win because I I don't I wouldn't want the Red Sox to win it. Because that'd kind of be like one of those auctions that you see in like the t- in like TV where you like want the guy to jack up the price and you're like trying to set him up to drop it on him. Like that would be the only way the Red Sox win is if we got desperate. And I don't want for the amount of risk that Yamamoto brings that we talked about last week. Like, I don't think he's worth us taking a chance on overspending on him when there's a lot of other guys. And he's not the only solution for the one pitcher isn't helping the Red Sox. Multiple pitchers are going to help the Red Sox. And then my question, though, is when is this occurring? Because it, the report was I've heard who said so the Red Sox offered 300 and the Giants offered 300. The Mets just wind and dined, and literally, they wind and dined Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and Martino reported they left that meeting, still no offer. Now, I think we'd be dumb to think the Mets aren't going to at some point make an offer to Yamamoto, and maybe that dinner they established, yeah, we're the final offer, that once you have everyone else's come to us. But it's weird that we're now, I think his deadline's January 4th, January 5th, and the New York Mets, who are now viewed as one of the top three favorites, still don't feel like they're close to making an offer. So when does this bidding occur? When does everyone start to actually move? Because now there are other teams. The Dodgers, and we'll get to this in literally a second, have gone out and said, we're going to acquire Tyler Glass now. After they got Otani, 
Now they've acquired Glasnow, and by the way, signed him to a mega hundred plus million dollar extension. We're seeing the Royals saying, screw it, let's go win the AL Central. They signed Seth Lugo, Michael Waka, Hunter Renfro. There's a rumor that they were at least considering a Vinny Pasquantino for Jesus Lazardo trade at the winter meeting. So the Royals are making moves. Other teams are making moves. Jung-Hoo Lee signed with the San Francisco Giants. Today we also saw that Lourdes Gurriel is going back to Arizona. So it seems like teams are no longer just waiting on Yamamoto. So at what point does that domino actually fall, do we think? Do you mean like the official signing? Yes. I, th- I, I, we were talking about this a little bit before, and you were mentioning that you think it happens before Christmas, which I yes. think makes sense. I think that, like, I get especially just because there would be like, you know, there might be a little bit of a lull coming out of coming out of the holiday season just for teams. So I think that I think he signs before Christmas, and some people are very happy, some people are very sad. Right now, I am perfectly on pace for my prediction that I'll be I'll be sitting there on Christmas Eve and see that he signed with the Mets. I think <laughs> I think the odds of that happening are becoming like higher and higher each and every day. Nika? Yeah, I think it's before either it's before one of the two holidays. It's gonna be right before Christmas. I think like maybe the twenty third. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if on ah but the twenty third yeah Saturday. Twenty third to Saturday. Yeah Saturday. Yeah. I'll say the twenty third. He will sign the twenty third. We're as much as I would love that we woke up Christmas morning and Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a Met, or awesome. or in your case he's That's a Yankee. The part. Um, if he just signs on Christmas, and you know, what, let's make it unbiased. Signs with the Giants, cool story, and he's actually you know four hundred million. I'm honestly I'm rooting for the Giants to sign. Like I'm Jungle Lee's a great signing, and he's a great contact guy. I think he's going to work really well in San Francisco. But I want them to. I I feel so bad for the Giants at this point. They've gotten like shortchanged on every single like super mega star free agent who's always rumored to go to them pretty much since Bryce Harper. So I'm I'm rooting for them to get someone. I will say though, for for our purposes, you know, if he wants to sign Wednesday night or wait till next Tuesday night, and we can just give you an instant reaction episode to post in the morning. That'd be yeah, beautiful. We'd love for that. But you know, it doesn't really work out like that. So I guarantee we're gonna be in the middle of a Christmas Eve party and the news breaks and we're going to have to, you know, make that Sacrifices tough decision. Sacrifices will have to be made. Uh, and we'll figure out who gets the unfortunate straw of having to hop on the instant reaction or make a YouTube short. But we will have you covered no matter when that drops. We will give you some form of side retired reaction for that, whether it's a short, whether it's a TikTok or an episode itself. But let's talk about the team that apparently the Yankees called themselves the evil empire. But I think that team in L.A. is certainly becoming the, the resistance. Tyler Glasnow is a Dodger. Otani is a Dodger. Yamamoto still might be a Dodger. All that just to choke in the NLCS again, right? Yeah. NLDS, actually. Um, (laughs) I mean, they needed rotation help. I I don't know how many games Otani and Glasnow are going to get you off the mound (laughs) this year or maybe for the next five years. Um, but Glasnow, in theory, which theory can only take you so far, as his doppelgangers likes to say, it's it's a great signing in theory, but you just don't know. You just yeah. like there's so much risk attached to him that like 135 million dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, I think this only ends up one of two ways. I think it's going to end up that. Within three years, we're going to be the first like half of the contract. We're going to look and be like, this is a mess of a contract. Or in three years, we're going to be looking back on it. We're going to be like, 
this was a phenomenal contract. Glass now is the clear ace of the team. I mean, if I think I, that there's I only two ways. I don't think that there's a world where he signs and he and he just do, either doesn't get hurt or because I think that's the big problem. I think everyone knows Glass now can pitch. Glass now's performance isn't a problem. I think the questions are always going to be his health. I mean, he's a very thin guy. He's a very um, thin guy for being so long and for how fast he moves. So he his health is always going to be in question. I think from my perspective, I think if he if he stays healthy, I think he's going to be better than Walker Buehler. Um, and yeah. I think he will at least be the number two on it. And depending what they do with Otani, he could be the ace, in my opinion, depending how this so, goes. Right. As long I, as healthy. I really believe that if, if he stays on the field, right, and obviously – there's still a whole lot that has to go down with the Julio Urias situation and what that well, he, suspension. They have he's they've declined Urias's option. He's officially an unrestricted free agent. Is so he? yeah, so okay, he's so officially done with resigned. the Dodgers. Okay, so then never mind. But regardless, um, if if Glasnow pitches consistently like an ace, maybe not this year. Over the course of the contract, I don't see how the Dodgers don't win a World Series. Right, and obviously there are 29 other teams who are also making moves. But if you're telling me that you ha- that the top three in your rotation are Shohei Otani, Tyler Glasnow, and Walker Bueller, that is be- that's like world class. And Bobby Miller had mm-hmm. a really solid first year, and he is only going to develop. He showed that he has the stuff. He just needs to get a couple things. He needs to tweak a couple things with his with his delivery and just his mechanics. But he's shown that he can do it. So if those are your top four, fans have to be feeling good, and they are beyond in on Yamamoto. I was about so, to say, yeah, wait till I mean, they sign Yamamoto. The flexibility exactly. they like, have for the ten years with Otani, even like obviously if you it's sign, cheating, like, <laughs> but without to be honest, without um the two million deferred, like if it was half of it was deferred exactly. and he got thirty five million a year, I still think just with how their roster set up, it's kind of like what we talked about when the Rangers won the World Series. With this glass now signing um, and the fact that they have Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, um, Gavin Stone, their flexibility is like so is so good for the 10 years. To be honest, a guy who's going to be coming up, Will Smith, in the next couple of years, if they really wanted to, they can re-sign him or they can let him go because they have Diego Cartaya coming up. The amount of guys that they're going to have to fill in holes is going to allow them to be so flexible on top of the fact that Otani was like, yeah, just pay me $2 million a year. I'll get the rest later. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do have a yeah, go ahead. I have a question for you guys. Like, are you concerned about their lack of – obviously, they still have time to. They haven't made many lineup moves, right? They haven't – to bolster the lineup. And I remember seeing their projected I mean, lineup made a once big Otani one, signed. Like, a little bit Otani's ago. Otani's a bat. They made a pretty big I, one. No, I, I – I, Did you no, see who won the Hank Aaron Award? Their third stick. I, I understand that. <laughs> remember being kind of surprised by the bottom of that rotation, the, like or the bottom of that lineup. But the bottom of that lineup, when it's going, is great, right? And that becomes a really complete lineup. But we saw last season a lot of those guys struggle for periods. And look at what happened in the in the playoffs where they just didn't hit. Well, I think so. Two- obviously, they needed rotational help, but I'm like, and maybe this is just me being salty. But I, I'm curious to see if they address any. They like did any make three under-the-radar moves with their lineup recently. They brought back Jason Hayward, which I think is a solid move. I think yeah. it's a one-year, nine million. Can you replicate what he did? 
that he, mm-hmm. they can just go to that platoon thing again for an outfield spot. Yeah, they also, in this glass now trade, got Manny Margot, which I think, Henry, you can relate to, has been a pesky little outfielder in Tampa he's, for the last he's great. couple of years. So I love I re- that one. I really like him. And then the move that no one's talking about right now, that I think around spring training, Gavin Lux is back. Like, fully healthy. The biggest issue for that team last year was Miguel Rojas and Ahmed Rosario were the starting shortstops. Gavin Lux is back and is the shortstop next year. So, and is he a top 10 shortstop? Tune in in a, in a week or so, and you'll find out our answer to that. But but Gavin Lux is a very solid middle of the order to back the lineup bat. He could even be that double leadoff in the nine hole for them to start the season. But I think there's enough talent on that roster that they will get nine guys who can hit. And I guess the other, other thing is the rotation itself. Even if the bats aren't the best, the rotation has the potential to carry them. And the Dodgers yeah. have never shied away from being the team that at the trade deadline goes and gets the big bat, whether it's Pete Alonso, yikes, or something else like That's that. That's the one that they wouldn't do, Dylan. Why not? Where would Pete Alonso play, Dylan? DH. And Otani, Otani won't be ready by then. Can't play left yeah. field. Can't stick him out womp, there. Womp, womp, womp. The only thing would be, unless you're like... Um, Peter Alonso was a third baseman in college. It wouldn't be Peter Alonso. It would be Freddie. Freddie would go to third. Peter Alonso would go to first. But that's not happening. But to be honest, they don't or, really... Or, ready for this one, Henry? Ready for this one, Henry? Wait, wait, wait. I got a good one. Ready for this one, Henry? Aaron Judge gets hurt in April. The team is going south fast. <laughs> you know, there's a rental bat on the New York Yankees that could look really good in Dodger Blue. <laughs> Not Soto. Oh. No, but eh. they, I don't think they need to be bah humbug guys. Henry say. still doesn't at the like, end of the day I think Juan Soto's a Yankee. <laughs> I swear to God, it has not clicked yet. I do not think of him as a Yankee. <laughs> when he goes yard off of the Red Sox for the first time, it'll click for me. But I think the thing is, to be honest, I think that a lot of what we think of the Dodgers gets jaded by the fact that they consistently underperform in the playoffs. Because again, they had top ten. They were top ten in every single category this year. So I don't think their lineup is as bad as we think. Because I think the problem with the Dodgers is, are they eventually going to just get over this hump? Like, is it going to be one of those things where they go and it's like we said, the evil empire? They're like, we're going to get so much talent <laughs> that we can't lose. Like, it will be impossible for us to lose. It seems like that's the only way they're going to be able to win a World Series. Because again, last year we talked it. We said going into it, their pitching was going to be a problem. They were top 10 in every single pitching category when we looked at it. This year, we're talking about their how their lineup wasn't that good last year. They were top 10 in every single offensive category last year. Yeah. Like we're talking about the Dodgers and about what they need to fix because of what the playoffs have brought. If this was like soccer in international where it's just regular season, we're saying that the Dodgers have nothing to fix. Yeah. And yeah. then they just got Otani, Glass now, Manny Margot. Gavin Lux is coming back next year. I honestly think they're in a great spot. If you told me my lineup, I don't care who the other guys are. If you told me my lineup is Mookie, Freddie, Shohei, Muncie, well, Will Smith, Muncie, Outman. Yeah, right now the projected Lux, lineup is... Lux, you give me those seven, I'll take that over almost any lineup in the league right now. Yeah, and no then you got Margot, Hayward, and Chris Taylor at the bottom, making up two yeah. out of three. You pick two of those guys, I'll take that lineup over anyone and. Any maybe the the Braves the Braves <laughs> like that that the Braves that's about it. 
Yeah. All right. I got some rapid fire questions for you guys based on some of the stuff that's happening in the league. And then we'll retire the side on the episode. The second place team in the NL West is. So D-Bucks. D-Bucks. I have faith. Yeah. I have, I want to have faith in the Padres, but I can't to do that. All right. Clean sweep there. I'll go Diamondbacks as well. True or false, Cody Ballinger gets what he's asking for, which is reportedly $200 million. True. I, th- I, 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 don't, I don't know how many other guys are going to be able to, are going to be able to like fill the role that he's asking for. I think that he's one of the best outfielders on the market, and I think that he's going to get it. Because he has enough teams also bidding for him. Where he can jack up the price. Does he really? Like, I don't. I, I who's think, interested in a two hundred million dollar outfielder right now? Well, the thing is, it's um, Bellinger's ceiling. Bellinger's ceiling is a forty million dollar a year player. Cubs, Giants, Jays. Giants, if they miss Yamamoto, would they? Would this be their quote unquote star? I, I, I. They're still. I know that they just signed Jungle Lee, but I think that they that they would be looking for it because you can also move into first base. Yeah, I would say true as well because I think with if Shohei and Yamamoto have told us anything, I feel like a lot of money could be spent this offseason. Yeah. And also, again, the value, yes, the risk is high, but the value that you can get out of a guy like Bellinger is Bellinger could easily, if he's able to replicate what he did this year in 2019, maybe not MVP level, but that and his rookie year, he's a $40 million a year player. Yeah, that's true. You want a sneaky team that could use Cody Ballinger to be the face of their franchise? Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> no, they don't have enough money. Washington Nationals. I think. I mean, I, I like that fit for it would some be, reason. It would be an investment, right? I still think that they're two years out of their of when their like window would really begin. The, um, problem, the only problem with that would be is that you'd be again signing a first baseman because Dylan Cruz is going to come up. Which I'm fine with um, giving Valley the reins to first base. When I move to left, so am I. I mean, right? I but know. I just Lane Thomas isn't stopping anyone. It would be it would Lane Thomas will is one of those guys who will forever be a trade candidate at the deadline <laughs> and never get moved. Um, I think I think it's possible, but you'd have it's an investment definitely. Next one, Yoshinobu Yamamoto will sign with. We're gonna keep throwing this out there until. Take it, Henry. Talk about how the New York Yankees. Wow. Confidence. That's it. There we go. It's, it's it, hey, I, the second it got above 50%, I'm going to say the Yankees, um, but I still see a world where my Mets uh, nightmare comes true. My, my Mets. Whoa. <laughs> I actually agree. I think he's going to be a Yankee. I think he's a Dodger because, you know, the world is evil right now. And then the last Steve one. Cohen can't put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> The last one is a non Yamamoto free agency signing that you think happens by the end of the week. Ooh. Oh. I can give you some names if you're forgetting who's still uh, yeah. on the market. Yeah, just I have them. a couple that I'm thinking of. Yeah, we can oh, we can throw guys like Snell or Josh Hader um, or Stroman or Matt Chapman. Yeah, I was thinking of Stroman. Monty. I People are forgetting Monty. Brandon oh. Woodruff's a free agent. Monty goes to the Red Sox. Okay. I think that um, we miss out. I think Yamamoto happens is gonna happen, or I think we're gonna it's gonna get whittled down to like the three guys who were talking about that bidding war. And I think the Red Sox shift. Um, Montgomery has said he's been doing the offseason in Boston, so I think it's an easy shift. They go after Yamamoto, get Monty, get your guy. 
I think I might keep it um, in the rotation. I think the Reds invest in a veteran presence to help those young guys. I think they get Marcus Stroman. Interesting. I like that one. I will I go love with that signing. I love that fit so much. It, I, I, it, it works. It that works really fit would well. be. I would love to see Hunter Green like be with Marcus. Yeah. Stroman, learn from yeah. Stroman. I would love that. Question is, do the Reds have the money? I think I I think that they do. Right now they do. To make to make because think about it. None of those got none of those guys are actually like on a contract, right? Joey he opted out of twenty five per though. So do the Reds have thirty mil a year to throw around? I think they have thirty mil a year for I I bet I could see them six for one eighty. It's a lot for Marcus Stroman. It's, it, I love it's, it's Marcus a lot Stroman. Mar- it's a lot, lot for Marcus Stroman. But I was thinking I think, like three for that, ninety. But I don't I I don't think he's gonna be asking for three. How old you're gonna he? have to go for five or six. Nico, you're looking up the stats right now. How old is Marcus Stroman? I'm not looking up how old. I I, I, like I think 32. Their projected um payroll is gonna be 62 mil. Well, they're getting rid of Votto's contract. Yeah, Votto's 32. That's why it's projected. That's why it's projected. I, I all of all, like turned down 25. I'd go 5 125. All I'm saying is he's going to want a longer term deal than three years, 90 million. Why right? and I think I think it would be a solid 14 million. He just signed an investment by the Reds to sign Marcus Stroman, not only because he's been great on the field, but because like that that pitch rotation needs mentorship. A leader. I think yeah, they need it, that. I would agree. They and need and, he can, and that's something he could provide. And he's familiar with the NL Central. I don't get me wrong. Exactly. Love Marcus Strom as a pitcher. I might even try to fit him into my top ten then when we get there. That's going to be a tough ask, but I love the way he pitches and you get the consistency out of him. But five years is a lot. I will go with it's the guy. A little, lot. I'll go with the guy that signs a one-year contract because I'm not as creative. But I love reunions, and I think following the Ronnie Mauricio injury, we need a third baseman. And what Jose better reunion? <laughs> No, although Jose Reyes is still kicking around a little bit. I'm surprised he didn't get to that Dubai league. But bring home Justin Turner. I've only asked for this for a decade, but it's time. Justin Turner in the middle of the Mets order. Does that count as a reunion? Yes, it does, because he was a Met until we DFA'd him for being too much of a partier. I'm just saying, I feel like if there's a... When you think Justin Turner reunion, Nico, where is he going? Uh, I would think LA, definitely yeah. not the Mets. Yeah, the data, not, not Justin Turner, Mets. when he was a Met, that was the summer of Call Me Maybe, and he used that as his walk up song. It has been that long since our boy has been in New York, so please bring him home. Nice little, I think it was 2012. Uh, if we can go full circle a decade later, bring Justin home to end his career, I would love for that. But speaking of home, the boys are all home for Christmas, correct? I'm right on that Indeed. one. I can say Christmas. The three of us yeah. can confirm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we're going to do something fun here. We're going to do our top five Christmas movies for each of us to round things out on this episode. And Nico, we can give you the floor first. Okay. All right. When I made this list, I, I tried to get a, a nice balance of nostalgia from everything. So at number five, I think one of the funniest Christmas movies is Bad Santa. I think it's the perfect, like, the fact that it's a dirty movie. 
in Christmas just cracks up every time. Four, probably the best movie, best Christmas movie, meaning like actual movie. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. I mean, heartstrings, like crying, tears. Three, I think it's going to be a little low for some people. I've got Elf at number three. I think it's a lot of I people. I hate it. One. I personally think that Elf is good at three for me. Two, I have Home Alone over it. I think that Home Alone, I watched both of them recently. And Home Alone aged better for me than Elf did. And number one, if no one has watched this, I recommend that you need to watch this. It is Mickey Mouse Once Upon a Christmas. <laughs> it is I agree. three short I films. Agree. It is three short films all put together for one film. It is perfection. It is, it is perfection. It's amazing. Highly right, highly right. You're gonna you're gonna have some trouble with me. Twice upon a Christmas is better than once upon. Oh, a it's Christmas. not. That's foul. That's foul. Yes, it is foul. Actually, no. Wait, I hold on. Which one's once? Which one's twice? Twice is the better. No, I'm taking my guns. Twice is better than once. Wait one sec. Wait one sec. Wait one sec. You're you're about to you're about to find out that twice is better than once. Twice has the newer looking graphics. Ah, I don't care about graphics, bro. But I'm just saying that that's the you're thinking of. Twice. No, 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 no. I want to see. Are they the same stories? No. Yeah. Then no. 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 It's not even close. Donald Duck stuck on Christmas. A very goofy Christmas. And Mickey and Minnie's gift of the Magi. Wow. <laughs> the Magi elite. Not even close, Dylan. Not even close. Those three, I'll put them up against any Christmas movie. Each of them on their own. Wow. Twice is almost better because you've got Scrooge McDuck. It's goes to the North Pole. You've got alligators and hippos dancing with Mickey and Minnie. Twice is better than once. Gift of the Magi is elite, Dylan. <laughs> this is not what Henry expected to happen when we broke it's down the top five. Geeking out yeah. over Disney once and twice upon a Christmas. I unfortunately went with full length, like hour and a half long movies. So that did not make it into mine, but it would be if I had to put something on the TV that would make it on there. But Henry. Yeah. All right. Um, I think I'll start at the one, go down to the five because I, I can't rank my, my, like my unique one as the best Christmas movie of all time. Cause it's just objectionably <laughs> not. Or objectively not. Number one, I have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I think it's the funniest Christmas movie. It's so it's so good. Um, number two, I have It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, you'll never catch me not crying. Um, third is Elf. Fourth is Home Alone. And fifth is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Truly. It's a it's a Netflix special that I've watched with my mother for the past six years, every Christmas time. It's called The Christmas Prince. It is so bad. It is so bad. It's about a journalist who goes to a made-up European country and marries a prince. It is the worst movie I've ever watched, but it is so good. I would highly recommend if you're just like, you're just sitting there with nothing to do and you want to laugh at a movie for its ridiculous dialogue and how the characters act, Christmas Prince is the one for you. It's so good, but so bad. Alrighty. There you go. There's Henry's top five. Also, there's... Pluto becomes a reindeer in Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. Come on, Nico. This is tough. All right, here's the deal. We both have to watch the other one at some point tomorrow. And we'll see. 
looking for. It's fine. It's not close. It's closer than you're giving credit. But I will go the stock five Christmas movies because I'm going to go with the full 90 minute movie minimum. One is Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Easy, quotable, nostalgic, perfect. Two is Home Alone. Group one and two, however you want to do them. Christmas Home Alone one and two. The pranks are always epic. Poor Marv gets it a lot worse than Harry by a lot. Yeah. Three is Elf. Just quotable. Good. Classic. You can't go Christmas without watching Home Alone. Four is Die Hard. I'm willing to fight for that one. It's a Christmas movie. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. If let me hear this right. If Home Alone is a Christmas movie, if Home Alone movie, is a Christmas die Hard movie, is a Christmas Die Hard is too. Because the same like, category. No, but Home Alone has to do with Christmas. So does Die Hard. Or, they the could happen at any argument. time, but they happen at Christmas. Yeah. The only argument for Home Alone being a Christmas movie is that they use Christmas props in the pranks, and it takes place around Christmas time, and that they go to a mass, and that they the family left for Christmas vacation. Die Hard happens at a Christmas party. With Christmas props such as the ho ho ho, and now I have a machine gun. And Die Hard has all the same elements as yeah, Home Alone. Exactly. Same, yeah. same. Kevin's trying to knock out the bad guys, just like uh, John yeah. McClane's trying to knock out the bad guy. It's the Fine. same movie. Great. Kevin McAllister grows up into John McClane. Dylan, it's not. I, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. It's the it same is. exact movie. It's not. They both take place at Christmas. It's not. Like every single person, like most people will admit that they just say that to be interesting. It's okay. Fired, fired, it's okay. No, but, okay. It's okay but to I, admit that the reason you're saying that Die Hard is a Christmas movie is so you sound interesting. It's okay. I, I, I forget. Just, ask my sister, what movie, what movie, Christmas movie we've been watching one every single night since I got home? Ask him what movie we watched tonight. The answer is Die Hard because it's a Christmas movie. And five, we're not going to argue over this one being a Christmas movie or not. With Santa Claus. Surprise, yeah. no one else threw it on there. Tim Allen, oh, really oh. solid, good movie. Trilogy gets a little interesting, and the new Disney Plus series is a little wacky, but that's Disney trying to make some more money off of it. But the original Santa Claus movie, solid top five. And there we go. Maybe we sprinkle in a couple more. If we have a couple other episodes not with interviews, maybe we sprinkle in some other Christmassy stuff throughout the week. But We've got some fun episodes planned for you. We've got a former first-round draft pick is hopping on the podcast tomorrow. Really excited for that interview. We are going to be joined by Bob Nightingale again at some point in the near future, catching up on all the latest rumors across Major League Baseball. And, of course, this week will conclude with our top 10 third baseman. So if you've not checked out our top 10 second baseman list, go back to our previous episode. And, of course, holidays are now at this point a week away. Don't worry, our friends at Dugout Mugs can still get you your mug in time for Christmas and New Year's celebrations. Use the code SRP30 for 30% off your order. I know they have a new Shohei Otani Dodgers commemorative mug. They have shot glasses for all 30 teams as well as mugs for all 30 teams. So definitely make sure to check out their website, dugoutmugs.com, using promo code SRP30 at checkout for 30% off your order. Yes, sir. I mean, I just got mine. Mine are on the way. Matt, Dad, is going to love your dugout mugs. I mean, <laughs> they're elite. I mean, guys, tell your friends. It's literally the easiest thing to do. Tell your friends. Just for any baseball fan in your life. You're a baseball guy. All your friends are baseball players. They're going to see this, and you're going to be like, sick, bro. Yo, this is hard. 
all gonna think it's the perfect gift it's the perfect thing and it's also when they go to your crib and they see how you make yo what's that and you're like yo and then you flex it. it's perfect it's perfect for you to get especially during christmas get them 30 percent off it's a steal as well as for all of our loyal listeners we will be at the yankees store in manhattan i believe it's on 59th street we'll be there this upcoming thursday doing mlb big league two trivia all the details will be on our social medias, but check that out if you are ready and want to be game for some trivia against Henry, myself, and a couple of our behind-the-scenes guys. We're ready to put you to the challenge. So that concludes this weekend recap. Felt nice to go back to the old format, but rest of the week should be your regular off-season fun shindig. So for Dylan, Nico, and Henry, until the next time, the side is retired.